Farmers and landowners in Southwest Virginia are steadily adopting agroforestry methods in their agribusiness ventures. Appalachian Sustainable Development, which supports agricultural practices that preserve the land and farms, has been at the forefront of promoting agroforestry. That effort recently received a boost thanks to a large grant to the Nature Conservancy, a share of which will go to ASD in support of agroforestry programming. Katie Cumminder is the director of the agroforestry program at ASD. She is talking with me by phone today to discuss agroforestry and what it means to farmers and to the economy of Southwest Virginia. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Let's start by helping the audience understand just a little bit about what agroforestry is. I think people have heard about it, but they're not perhaps exactly sure what it all entails. Yeah, agroforestry is essentially it's the convergence of agriculture and forestry into one system, right? So you're intentionally incorporating trees or shrubs into agricultural production, whether it's row cropping or animal production systems. And why is it such a big deal these days for Appalachian Sustainable Development? Yeah, I mean, agroforestry creates a number of environmental, economic, and social benefits for our region and our farmers and our communities. Um, you're By incorporating trees and shrubs into a system, you're helping to diversify the crops that you're producing as a farmer. So that, in turn, helps to diversify income. So if there's a crop shortage uh, or failure uh, with one system in a monocropping system, you know, you're losing all of that income because you're not growing anything else. But by incorporating trees and shrubs, you're helping to diversify your operations. So that helps mitigate risk and helps increase income. So that's a, a good economic benefit. There's also a lot of environmental benefits for agroforestry. Um, we think about trees and shrubs helping to, um, you know, filter off any runoff pollution. Uh, so it really helps create a clean water table and um, our, help protect our rivers and our streams. And it can also help um, clean the air. Uh, there's practices like uh, windbreaks, for example, um, oftentimes used with chicken operations that might smell really bad. Mm -hmm. um, it can help buffer um, and, and help clean and purify the air. And then also, like, we think about adding trees and shrubs to our system as creating wonderful wildlife habitat. Um, when we chop down the forest and we have segmented forests, it, it makes it difficult for wildlife to move around. And so by providing that, we're helping to create wonderful habitat for birds and a number of other wildlife, including pollinators, which can help, obviously, with uh, our crops. And then I think another a big benefit to our area is disimproved soil health by incorporating trees and shrubs into a system. And that can really help increase uh, crop yields. It can help reduce um, stress, heat stress from livestock to help improve yields. So a number of amazing benefits from agroforestry. What kind of food crops benefit most from agroforestry? What kind of foods are grown in conjunction with trees or, and shrubs or other agroforestry practices? Yeah, so there's a practice, there's a number of agroforestry practices, right? Um, so silvopasture is, is one that comes to mind that is a great fit for this region. It's incorporating trees or shrubs into uh, livestock production operations. So that can be for anything from cattle to sheep to goats to chickens, you name it. Um, you know, you can incorporate trees and shrubs into any sort of livestock operation. So 
Um, there's a lot of livestock producers in our area. I think that's probably one of the um, the, the most beneficial that, that we could see. There's also an agroforestry practice called alley cropping, and that's when you're incorporating rows of trees and shrubs into a system, and you're growing your produce, whether it's annual uh, or perennial, your herbaceous crops in the alleyways in between those rows of trees and shrubs. And, you know, at Appalachian Sustainable Development, we've worked with farmers on growing um, fruits and vegetables in the middle, in the alleyways. We've worked with farmers growing medicinal herbs. Um, so a number of different crops can be grown in agroforestry systems. For some farmers, that might seem counterintuitive, growing things between alleys where there may be a need for greater sunlight. Is that a, an issue, or am I thinking of alley cropping incorrectly? No, you, you're thinking about it correctly. There are a number of ways to set up an alley cropping system, and it's really important to think about the long-term goals for that system when you're initially designing it. So typically you would take the tallest um, tree in your row and multiply it by two to three, and that's going to be the width of your alleyway in between um, if you want that to be um, a system where it will have enough sunlight. And you also have to orient it in a way where the sunlight can easily pass through the system versus the trees casting a shadow. Um, but oftentimes, alley cropping systems, if you want to really maximize um, production, you might plant the trees or shrubs a little bit closer together. And you'll have plenty of sunlight in the alleyways in the early years to grow sun-loving crops. Maybe it'll start to shade out after a while, and then you could switch to a little bit um, more different crops that um, might accept a little bit more shade. And then eventually that could be transitioned into a civil pasture operation where you can incorporate livestock into that production. So you can either make it static or transitional, depending on your long-term goals for that system. You mentioned herbs. I'm interested in that. It seems like there has been a lot of interest or a growing interest perhaps in herb production. What kind of herbs grow well within an agroforestry practice? Yeah, I think for Appalachia, probably the, the biggest ones to think about are the native forest botanicals that grow uh, in the Appalachian Mountains. So things like American ginseng, black cohosh, golden seal, all of these wonderful medicinal herbs are growing natively out in the woods already. And there's a wonderful agroforestry practice called forest farming where you're intentionally managing or cultivating these botanicals in the forest understory. Um, and these crops are often referred to as non-timber forest products or NTFPs. And that essentially means anything that grows in the woods that's not timber. So there's a lot of crops, you know, you, it's not just timber harvest. There's a lot of wonderful crops that are growing in the forest understory from uh, ornamental crops like grapevines for wreath making. Um, the for medicinal forest botanicals that I mentioned like golden seal um, and even uh, edible species like elderberry, um, pawpaws, you know, those are all wonderful crops that can be uh, grown in the forest understory in a forest farming system. Now, ASD has what's known as the Appalachian Harvest Herb Hub. Could you explain where that is and how it works to support agroforestry? Yeah, so um, ASD's agroforestry program has been in operation since uh, 2010. And a lot of these forest botanicals 
um, they may take upwards of seven years to grow from seed, right? So we're not talking about annual tomato plants. Um, these are long-term perennial woodland herbs. And so since 2010, we've been providing training to farmers in our region um, on how to cultivate these herbs, how to sustainably harvest them in the forest understory. And if you fast forward to 2017, right, seven years later, a lot of these farmers started coming to ASD and saying, you know, hey, we're, we're ready to harvest these crops. We're not really sure how to process them. We're not really sure how to market them. We're having issues with that. Um, ASD has a, a very long-standing, one of the oldest in the country, uh, food hub called the Appalachian Harvest Food Hub in Duffield, Virginia. And our community was saying, you know, couldn't you potentially have a herb hub as well in that same facility? So in 2017, we raised some grant funds to purchase um, some commercial herb processing equipment to add to our facility in Duffield. It's an organic and um, good agricultural practice or GAP food safety certified facility. And so in Duffield, farmers can bring their medicinal herbs now as well as their produce for the food hub. And um, we've got that shared use commercial herb processing equipment that farmers can use to process their herbs. Um, we'll train farmers on how to do that in a way that meets buyer specifications of what buyers are looking for in that product. Um, and that makes it so that, you know, not every individual farmer has to go out and buy a very expensive dryer because we have that at our facility um, for shared use uh, for our community. Yeah, it's and then also... we also offer... Yeah, go ahead. I, well, I just wanted to make sure for background that it, ASD also has a food hub, as you mentioned, in Duffield that is for typical produce. That's separate from the herb hub that we're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah, our food hub, it, it's one of the oldest in the country, and um, the food hub works with produce farmers, the so fruits and vegetables, um, and helping farmers get their product into wholesale grocery store markets up and down the East Coast. So. Um, we're working with grocery store chains from Maryland all the way down to Georgia. Now let's talk about some initiatives that are helping ASD to promote agroforestry and agroforestry farmers. I believe there is a, a healthy grant that has been awarded to the Nature Conservancy, uh, of which ASD will be a part. Talk about that initiative and, and that additional support. Yeah, so um, recently through the USDA Climate Smart Commodities Grant, um, the Nature Conservancy was awarded $64 million through that program, uh, along with, I think it's maybe about two dozen partners, including ASD, um, is going to be a part of that wonderful uh, five-year project that is hoping to advance agroforestry in 38 states across the eastern United States as well as Hawaii. Um, and so the goal of this project is to provide uh, regional technical assistance and outreach to farmers who are seeking to adopt agroforestry um, so that we can help transform 30,000 acres across that region into agroforestry agri production over the next five years. And we're going to be doing that in a, a number of ways. 40 million of that 64 million is actually going to go directly to producers with direct incentive payments for tree planting. So there's a lot of financial assistance involved in this as well as on-farm technical assistance um, from ASD's agroforestry team and a number of other partners um, throughout the region. Uh, and then also we're going to be working on developing uh, a brand for silvopasture-raised meat. Uh, 
Um, and so basically farmers who adopt silvopasture will be able to get higher price points with this new brand for silvopasture raised meat. Um, and that's going to be another financial incentive uh, for farmers as well. Could you explain in a little more detail what that is? The- yeah, so silvopasture is essentially, you know, incorporating trees and shrubs into a livestock operation, yes. into the pasture. That's just the name right? for what we've kind of already talked about, mm-hmm. silvopasture, yep. yes. Okay. So, if you, you know, if you think about, um, you know, there's, there's grass-fed beef, you know, mm-hmm. that's already on the market. This will be sort of a step up with silvopasture-raised beef. It's going to be grass-fed, but there's also going to be trees in the system uh, that are helping provide shade to reduce the heat stress on livestock. Um, That's going to help increase weight gain. A lot of the trees that can be incorporated into a system might provide um, fodder. So if we think of um, thornless honey locusts, they can provide really big pods that drop in the fall when the grass isn't growing as much, and that can provide really great food for livestock. Um, so a number of different benefits from silvopasture, including carbon sequestration um, to help with climate change mitigation. So a number of benefits, and that can be marketed to consumers um, to help create higher price points for those products. And silvopasture is, silvo is derived from the word sylvan, which means forest pasture, meaning open space, so it's a combination of forest and open pasture space, and thus the name, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, um, Similar to agroforestry. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the wonderful combination of names to help explain the function. I'm talking today with Katie Cumminder. She is the Agroforestry Program Director for Appalachian Sustainable Development. We are talking about agroforestry. Katie, I want to go to a brief break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the farmer benefits of this work and of the grant that you're talking about in agroforestry in general. You are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore. You are also listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Celebrate community and joy on November 6, 2022. Join the Emory and Henry Concert Choir and Chamber Singers as they present their fall program, On My Way. The concert features songs across different types of cultures, beliefs, and eras. Students studying a variety of disciplines come together to create an experience of community and joy you won't want to miss. The performance begins at 3 p.m. in the Kennedy Reedy Theater of the McLaughlin Center for the Arts. For ticket information, call 276-944-6333 or visit www.ehc.edu forward slash mca forward slash tickets.
welcome back to Together to Get There. Today I am talking to Katie Comender. She is the Agroforestry Program Director for Appalachian Sustainable Development. We have been talking about agroforestry and how it's defined and how it functions in Southwest Virginia. We've also been talking about some recent support that is given to ASD's program through a, a major grant that was awarded to the Nature Conservancy. Katie, I want to talk a little bit now about what the benefits are for our regional farmers the, uh, through agroforestry. How many farmers in this region fall under the ab- umbrella of agroforestry, would you say? Yeah, the, the only data that we have on that is from the U.S. Census, right? In 2017, about 30,000 farms across the U.S. indicated that they have at least one agroforestry practice on their farm. Um, Unfortunately, that only represents 1.5% of all U.S. farm operations. So adoption for agroforestry practices is still considerably low. Um, and so that's why, you know, our, this grant that we have from the USDA Climate Smart Commodities with the Nature Conservancy is going to be so critical in providing that financial assistance and technical assistance to farmers to help increase adoption. And our goal is to double that number. We want to get to 3% of U.S. farms with that grant. And that's just a start. Um, We're not going to stop there. I think one of the pitches you're probably trying to make to farmers is how it helps them financially in the long term. And what would that pitch sound like, and how well does it go over when farmers hear it? Yeah, I think, you know, for the economic benefits, the, the primary thing that is to be considered, I think, is just diversified income. When you're growing a monocrop, what happens with crop failure is that you're losing all of that income. So by incorporating more diversified production, you're helping to mitigate that risk. Um, And a big piece of what ASD does and what this grant is going to do is help um, develop markets specifically for agroforestry products that have premium prices, right? So with our Appalachian Harvest Herb Hub, we're able to connect forest farmers directly with international and domestic herbal product companies who are paying premium prices uh, for forest farm botanicals. For example, um, black cohosh that might be harvested in the wild um, this year is getting around, you know, five to six dollars a dry pound for a plant that takes seven years to grow. Uh, Whereas with forest farms production, the herb hub is able to help farmers get $45 a dry pound. For that crop that is grown in a forest farming system. And so we're hoping to do the same thing with this civil pasture brand um, for, uh, for livestock farmers as well with this USDA Climate Smart Commodities Grant. You, you mentioned the markets for agroforestry products, but where are they, I guess, specifically? Are they, are they more foreign than national? And what is, what is the profile of the customers for such products? I would say the profile for the customers who might be interested in products grown in an agroforestry system are going to be similar to those who, you know, they want to know how their food is grown, who's growing it, you know, so the whole local food movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's growing interest from consumers in understanding how their food is grown, not just who grows it. You know, using regenerative agriculture practices like agroforestry, what are the benefits to the community, what are the benefits to the environment? Um, and there's a lot of purchase power behind that. And that, I think, you know, working with markets who are willing to pay premium prices for products that are grown 
in these systems not only creates economic opportunities for farmers in our regions, but it has very significant environmental benefits as well. Well, it seems to me then your pitch isn't just to the farmers to help them see that there's a market out there. It may be in helping to grow that market by helping consumers understand the value of products produced in this way. And does ASD contribute to that effort as well? Yeah, so the civil pasture brand that we'll be developing with partnering um, in the USDA Climate Smart Commodities Grant will be um, designed to be consumer-facing so that farmers understand, you know, what that practice is and the benefits that it has. Uh, For forest farmers, we're also working with a certification called Forest Grown Verified, and that is um, managed by United Plant Savers. And that certification, it's a seal on the product, and it shows customers that the forest botanicals like American ginseng or golden seal that are in that product are sustainably grown. Um, Historically, forest botanicals in our region have been largely, and the market for this is largely coming from wild populations. Um, But what happens, you know, over 300 years of harvest and habitat loss, we're starting to see these wild populations decline. And so forest farming is a great way to help conserve those plants. And that's a big part of the marketing and a big reason why a growing number of herbal product companies and their consumers are wanting more sustainable supply of forest botanicals and are willing to pay premium prices for it because they don't want to see these wonderful plants go away. You've mentioned partners, and we've talked about the Nature Conservancy and the other people who will, or other organizations that will benefit from the the large $64 million grant that was given to the Nature Conservancy. Do you partner with those other benefactors of that, or and who are they, and who are perhaps other partners that ASD works with to support a larger agroforestry industry? Since 2015, ASD has been a founding member of the Appalachian Beginning Forest Farmer Coalition, or ABFFC. Um, there's over, I think, 2,000 members now uh, in that program, and I think about 20% of them are are beginning forest farmers, actually. Um, And that coalition of ABFFC is a network of partners across the Appalachian region who are focusing on the advancement of forest farming. So nonprofits like um, ASD and Rural Action and United Plant Savers in Ohio, um, the U Mountain Center in West Virginia, it's a partnership with um, university Um, that are bringing a lot of expertise and research to the table. So partners like Virginia Tech, who's leading ABFFC, um, Penn State University, NC State, uh, as well as um, government agencies like the U.S. Forest Service are all a part of that coalition. Uh, And we've been working together for a number of years now to put on annual seed-to-sale trainings um, throughout Appalachia to help uh, train forest farmers. So that's a, a big Part of our partnership within the forest farming community as we've expanded our agroforestry program to include other practices like silver pasture and alley cropping we've started partnering with um, a number of other partners like interlace commons who is very similar provides similar services in the northeast and savannah institute who's based out of the midwest we're actually working with them right now on a uh, agroforestry train the trainer model where we're creating an online course and then we'll have in-person workshops that are geared towards natural resource professionals 
to help improve technical assistance for farmers within that community, so providing cross-training opportunities. So in short, there's no shortage of agroforestry partners out there. The list goes on and on. Well, I'm wondering, and that's encouraging, but I'm wondering if there is an ample supply of agroforestry farmers. And I'm wondering, as you're working perhaps even with universities and you're talking about training, are you able to appeal perhaps to young prospective farmers, perhaps university students who would engage in this practice? Yeah, you know, every year with our ABFFC trainings with the coalition, we have sold-out conferences. So we just had uh, the Sassafras Moon Herbal Festival and Forest Farming Conference um, in late September in Irwin, Tennessee. And uh, I think we had about 55 people uh, in a sold-out conference that showed up. And the festival had about 2,500 people um, so we've, we're constantly having sold-out events. Um, like I said, there's you know over 2,000 people that are a member of ABFFC now. So I think the momentum is growing, and I think as we're able to provide more financial and technical assistance and marketing assistance for farmers with some of these new grants, um, we just anticipate that to continue to grow. Well, it does sound like this is a growing industry. It's very fascinating to me, and I think it should be something that our consumers are paying attention to because it sounds like it's not only an option for healthy farming and agriculture, it's an option for healthy living. And Katie Cumminder, I want to thank you for being a part of this discussion today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. I've been talking with Katie Cumminder. She is the Agroforestry Program Director for Appalachian Sustainable Development. We have been talking about agroforestry and work that's being done to advance it in this region. You are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you are listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you for listening.